Hello and welcome to episode 119 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Butler, and I'm joined today with Melissa Cavanaugh. Howdy ho! I'm not used to being introduced first. I know. And Phil Fariska. Hey everybody. And Pete is not here. He bailed on you all. You know what I think it is? I think he's on a world tour now that he's famous because he sang the jingle with the you know Melissa's accompaniment of the clarinet last week. That he got signed up to a record label. And what? I got left behind? What's up with that? Yeah, I know. They just wanted his voice. It's not right. His, his raw sexual ma- magnetism <laughs> that exuded from his voice. Uh, so you're just de- dealing with the three of us this week. And uh, because Pete's not here, I think when we jump into the news of ruse, we'll probably just use the jingle that we recorded last week. Well, that's what that. we recorded it for. And then you're, you're, you're off the hook. You don't have to sing. Yes. How about that? Uh, so... Before we get into the news of Ruse, though, this week's topic, we're going to be talking about email triggers, automated messages that you can send out, and not just email. Sometimes it's text messaging. Sometimes it could be a push notification. So messaging in general, triggered messaging that you should be sending uh, right now. And because if you don't, you're potentially losing money or you know, you're, you're missing the opportunity to improve the guest experience. So we'll be going over 15 of those. It's not ex- an exhaustive list. There's obviously a lot more you could be doing, but we'll kind of talk through those and give you the idea. And then we'd love to get feedback from listeners about stuff they're doing and the, what's working as well. So before we do that, let's see what's going on in the news of With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for news of he was so off key. He was terrible. And that's the one we're going to use. Forever. But we love him anyway. If, when he listens back to that, he might want to re, re, uh, re-record that. So Probably. you might have to bring your clarinet back in. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what do, what do we have going on in the newsrooms? So uh, there's a software company called Wompley that recently. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Wompley? Wompley. Did I make up that name? I didn't know. <laughs> I thought about you and I read it. Womp um, is one of your favorite words. You use Womp and wonk. Wonkly. Yeah. Yeah. Wonky. Yeah. And Wompley. It's just a mix. Anyway. Sorry. What do you call a three-legged donkey? <laughs> a wonky. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. So what, um, what did Wompley do? So their claim was that uh, review counts matter more than star ratings. And what they did was um, examine over 200 small business, 200,000 small businesses. I um, just want to kind of point out a couple of the stats that they brought to the table. So businesses with more than an average number of reviews bring in 82% more in annual revenue than businesses with re- review counts below the average. So that's kind of their, their claim to the whole thing. Review counts matter. Um, if you have a lot more, you make more money. So is this a causation or a yeah, correlation? Yeah, they, they actually point that out in the article um, that... Uh, it's not necessarily causation, but I think it's a good correlation. Yeah, but I mean, think about it like reverse. So if I'm a popular business, I'm going to have more patrons. Right. And if I suck over time, I'm going to have fewer patrons and, <laughs> and I'm not going to be popular. I'm not going to be one of the top. I thought the same exact and thing. And people aren't going to leave re- positive reviews or reviews in general because... You know, it makes there. more sense if there, you're so. making more money, you have more customers, more people to leave, leave reviews. reviews. Yeah. yeah, even if like even if you say ten percent of all people will leave a review, the more people you have, the more reviews you get. So, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. like the name. 
Yeah. So I will allow this newsaroo just they, for the name. They have. Uh, they had a couple more that I did want to point out that I thought were somewhat interesting. Um, businesses with 3.5 to 4.5 star uh, star rating um, average more in revenue than those that have below 3.5 or five star. Yeah, which this correlates with a lot of data we've seen in the hospitality because this is not a hospitality. No, this is small study, business, right? but since reviews matter to yeah. our hospitality folks. Uh, so a lot of folks have done studies on the impact of review scores and what you can drive from an ADR perspective. And there, there definitely seems to be evidence that suggests that the higher your review score, the higher you can push your ADR. And some people have tried it. I think like Cornell and some other folks have done some studies that say specifically if you were increase your review score by one star you can increase rate by 30 bucks or whatever it is so yeah yes reviews are important this is 2019 sure here's 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 one that i wanted to point out because it goes back to seo and i love seo so businesses claiming their listings on multiple sites earn 58 percent more revenue than businesses that don't so we're talking in our case google my business bing Mm -hmm. yelp uh, etc. I, yeah. I think that you know claiming claiming those listings is important. It gives people an outlet to talk about you, to learn about you. But another one was businesses that respond to reviews average thirty five percent more in revenue. Yeah, that and makes it, a lot of sense. It, it does, right? And and I think there's some common sense would say the more visibility you have by claiming these listings, the more engaged you are with customers, you know, the better it is for the health of your business. But I would also go back to our original statement, which is if you are a well-run business and successful, you're more likely to do these things. So again, it doesn't necessarily mean that because you do this, ergo, you will be more successful. But if you're the kind of property that is listening to this podcast and cares about that stuff you're probably going to be more successful than the guy that that doesn't so but it's good reinforcement all this data is really good you know go go encourage reviews respond to reviews claim your listings do all those things that we talk about every week because they're best practices for a reason they work I still just think it's funny that their name is Wompley. <laughs> you know, you gonna... know what they should be Wompley Monkey because everyone's a something everyone's monkey. A monkey. Right? Wompley Monkey is is that's pretty neat. Maybe yeah. you could be a Wompley Monkey. I don't know. Maybe that's what they call their employees. Oh, <laughs> now they're probably Wompleys, something Wompers. like that. Wompers, yeah. I don't know. Nothing can touch a fueligan though. That's that, right. That is the best employee name or team member name. Uh, don't you think, though, that names of businesses are going to likely get more ludicrous because They're out normal of names. names, and especially normal domains, are completely saturated? So you're going to have to start making up names. I had an idea. This is probably five years ago. I wanted to create a website, and someone's free to do it now because I never got around to it. But I wanted to create a website where you could put in your URL, and it would basically have a community of people that would critique your website for you. And you could get essentially feedback on what you could do to improve your website. I wanted to call it OptiMonger. I don't know why. It was like I was playing around with words. Like Opti was kind of, you know, improve and op- optimal, whatever. And Munger, like a fishmonger or someone that's an expert on something. So it was going to be OptiMonger because that why was not? the only URL I could find. Well, I think I think back like 10 years ago, some name like that, people wouldn't have taken you seriously. Yeah. But now with all the ridiculous business names we come across on a daily <laughs> yeah. basis, it's 
it's fine. Probably so. Go for it. All right, so let's jump into this email stuff, shall we? So we shall. Or message. I keep saying email. Correct me when I do that next time, because I really messaging. don't. I want to avoid using the just email because it really is platforms should evolve depending on the preference of the um, guest and also the situation, right? So, for example, when someone's on property, SMS is probably more effective than email when they're before they're staying. It might be too much of an intrusion to send an SMS and you're limited in what you can send in an SMS as well. So, you know, and then the, the whole uh, notion is if, if you have a mobile app, sending push notifications is another great way to communicate with them. So, you know, horses for courses, as they say, different messaging for different situations but we, we kind of broke this down into three categories so the first one is the general relationship building messages so this is someone that hasn't necessarily transacted with you yet but they have provided you some form of com- ability to communicate with them some kind of personal identification information an email address and mobile phone number something like that so that the first couple are in this category so what are they we have for number one the welcome message at sign up this is still i have to say no brainer here if you're not doing this fix this immediately you should always get a confirmation from the person that you have opted in to receive messaging from yeah if i sign up for your newsletter and i don't get an email that says i signed up might try to sign up again or forget about it completely Right. And it's a real good opportunity. You know, we're talking about throughout this episode, we're going to be talking about nurturing a relationship and relationships improve as you improve your communication, as you learn more about each other, as you set expectations, things like that. So the, the welcome email to me may be one of the most important messages you can send to someone because it sets the tone for the whole relationship. And it really can do a good job of helping the guest you know think about when someone gives you a, some form of ability to communicate if they're signing up for an email on your website because it says you'll receive special offers well one you can reinforce what it is they're going to expect like when you're going to send what you're going to send things like that but you also now have an opportunity because you've got their attention they're primed for it they just gave you their message they're going to look for this email you've got the ability to now sell your value proposition something they maybe missed on the website um, and, and certainly give them information about why to book direct why to pick your property why to pick your location things like that so it's it's not just the relationship, which is really important, but it's also a sales opportunity well, as well. I think that kind of leads right into this also needs a call to action. Um, you need to, if they signed up for a specific offer or to receive offers from you, that welcome message needs to contain an offer and a direct call to action to book said offer. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, th- there's a time to be really hard with the, the ask of a sale and there's a time to be subtle with it. And I think this is a time to be a little more subtle. I mean, I think it should be included like a what next and, and make it easy for them to jump into a booking process or whatever and, and maybe show them what's going on this weekend, the next week, you know, stuff like that. Make it easy for them. But I don't think this should be, and I've seen this mistake, you know, the two mistakes people make with welcome messages is either one, not sending anything, and two, making it straight up transactional Mm -hmm. and and asking for the sale right away. And I don't think you should do that. I think you should spend some time educating them, answering questions that you know they're likely to have, and then giving them somewhere to go next. I think of it in terms of how I've been recently approached 
as a professional in LinkedIn where somebody tries to connect with me and is immediately as soon as I accept that connection, I get a hard sell. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I set up a demo for you on this such and such a thing that I'm trying to sell to you? How about hi? How are you? How's your day going? Yeah. And and I put this 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 content for this episode is coming from a blog post that I wrote on the Fuel website. You can get at fueltrial.com slash blog. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. But one of the things I say later on in this article is you know, you've got to date someone before you ask to sleep with them. Like you can't just jump to the transaction at any point here. You gotta you gotta nurture a relationship first. And I think the welcome email is the perfect place to set the tone for the entire relationship. So yeah. so what's number two 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 two? Requesting more information. I think this kind of goes to your point on LinkedIn a bit where, <laughs> hey, maybe instead of the hard sell you ask, is there, you know, anything that you need help with? That right. type of that type of messaging. Yeah, and this should be done in, in the right way. Doesn't this is not one that you have to do, but I think if it's done well, it can benefit both parties, both you and the guest, right? Because if if you approach this like with any message from the perspective of the guest, is how how can I help the guest solve whatever the problem is that they have? So ask them for simple things. Not don't go and give them a big form to fill out with you know, everything, but you might want to ask when their birthday is. You might want to ask where they're located. You might want to ask what they're interested in, but do it. And it doesn't have to be all in one message, right? You could break this up and it could be a kind of tree of, of triggers based on what, how they answer the first ones. You would know? you, would you ask things like when and why you're planning on traveling? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and anything that you think can help you serve them better, but I would say this when you're doing this, give first right so the the ones that i've seen that i like are ones where it's hey my name is melissa i'm the general manager of property x here's a little bit about me i'm here to serve you in order to better serve you would you mind sharing a little more information about you this is how i'm going to use the information this is how it will benefit you and really sell it on this is this is to help not sell but but i think just you set the tone of that message by first introducing yourself and making it personalized and giving them a real person to connect with one-to-one. I think they can be effective that way. But again, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Agreed. All right, so those are the two in the kind of relationship building. So let's jump forward a little bit into the transaction. And to me, this is where rules of engagement fundamentally change because up until now, it's been a kind of tentative relationship. You know, you've maybe gone on one or two dates, but now there's some commitment. They've made a booking with you, probably online, maybe over the phone, maybe through a third party, who knows. But someone's made a transaction with you. They've, they've, they've opened up their purse and said, I'm willing to pay you money to come and stay. That's, that's, there's a lot of intent in that. There's a lot you can infer from that. To me, at this point, their expectations and yours should fundamentally change in terms of what you, how and what you communicate, right? It's, it's like when you've been having a couple of first dates and now someone's committed to you. Either you're now quote-unquote going steady or you just got engaged or, or maybe even married. But the rules of engagement are fundamentally different. So the frequency that you send messages, the types of messages you send can be very different at this point. Well, I think the very first one, They've given you the money. The first thing they expect is the confirmation message. Right. So number Critical. three, 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 three. confirmation message. And that needs to be real time as close to possible because people, 
there's all there's all kinds of doubts and fears go in people's heads when they when they sure. spend money, right? It, They've just given you a credit card right. number, which you know is scary. Yeah, and and there's potential buyer's remorse. Yeah. There, there's all kinds of things going in their heads. So you've got to eliminate that, reassure them right away with a with a message that isn't just hey, here's the content of the booking, here's the itinerary. This, this, don't forget, this is usually the most opened email that you will send to someone. Right? If you look at the open rates of confirmation messages, it can be in the high 80% versus you know a, a regular email blast is going to be in the 10 to 20% range for a lot of folks. So you get the majority of people that are coming to stay with you are going to look at this message. So what an opportunity that is to one, set expectations, two, be helpful and give them information like, what time is check-in? How do they check in? What is the process for check-in? You know, but what are all the other questions? You speak with your um, with your reservation staff, with your front desk staff. What are the questions that people are asking you once they've made a booking? Are you getting phone calls from people that say, "Hey, I have a booking, but I wanted to know X, Y, Z"? Figure those out and put the answers to those in that in that um, confirmation times, email. Check-out times, yep. all those. Where's parking? Yep. I mean, I think those are definitely good informational takes, but I think getting them excited about it, making them feel good about their recent purchase. Like I know you have in your notes here that you can provide previous guest reviews. I think that, um, I can't think of the word right now. What is that? It gives them uh, social proof. It's, yeah, it's like okay, reassurance, like right? Yeah. Reassurance. There yeah. You go. So yeah, again, going back to what we were talking about with the fear, right? There, there's potential for them to cancel at this point. We'll reassure them by showing, Hey, other people have done this. They've taken this risk. And they, it, it worked out okay for them. So yeah, showing reviews, showing um, photos of happy guests, that kind of stuff. But you're exactly right, Phil. In the, the, the once you can overcome any doubt, fear, questions that happened, now's the time they really start getting excited and start anticipating this this day. Which you can really leverage that emotion. The countdown. Yeah, the countdown begins. You can even include a, a literal countdown in that confirmation. I know, Melissa, you got a pre-arrival email, which we'll talk about in a second, but you got one recently from an upcoming trip that had a countdown number of days and hours yes. and seconds, which is really cool. And it you shared really it with cool. the whole team. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So number four, 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 four is four, four. the upsell. I think this is – I think – Hotels in Vegas are really, really good about doing this. Mm -hmm. They will upsell you. I don't even know how many times before your stay you will get messages. To be fair, they have a lot of stuff to offer. They do. Right. I mean, not every not every property has a Vegas level of extra offerings they can provide. Yeah. Well, so I, I booked a stay in Charleston, South Carolina. Stayed last week, so I booked it the week before. And about two days before arrival, I got an upstay message. It was being sent from Revenate, and um, it was overwhelming. Like the the when I first got it, I'm like, I'm all excited. It was a, a romantic trip with my wife and I, and I thought, hey, this could be cool. I could do some extra things and win some brownie points or whatever. And then I clicked on the email, which was a kind of a generic email, and there were literally 50 different things to upsell. Like they literally had one upsell for for each type of wine you might like. So there was oh. like a Chardonnay, a Pinot Grigio or whatever. And each one of these was like a separate block. And so I had to scroll through 50 oh, and I terrible. got so overwhelmed. And then I looked at the pricing of some of it and it was like a late checkout. I'm like, oh, I could, could do that an extra couple of hours, $75. 
I'm like, dude, like my room rate was only a hundred and fifty dollars. I'm not spending fifty percent again just to have a couple of extra hour. hours, yeah. you know. So, I, I think there's an opportunity here with upsells, and this could be part of your confirmation. It could be part of your pre-arrival that we'll talk about in a minute. I personally think it it should be separate and incorporated into those as well. Yeah. Because I think you're declaring a, de- a def- definitive objective with the upsell message. The subject line is you can enhance or improve your stay. Could be a room upgrade. Could be, you know, chocolates on the bed. Whatever it is. But I, you've got to do this again from the perspective of the guest, not from your own cash register. You've got to say what is going to improve the experience, not what is going to gouge the most money out from the guest. Because it can. But in my case, it backfired a little bit. It it. Every communication has an opportunity opportunity to drive a deeper connection relationship with a guest or to make that a little more fragmented and, and push them away from you a little bit. In my case, it pushed me away a little bit, even though it could easily have been the opposite. Or I don't know what your email looked like, but simplifying that message would probably go a long way where, you know, say you weren't interested in wine, don't make me scroll through 50 bottles of wine to right. get to whatever the next upsell might be. Simple UI changes could have made a difference mm-hmm. on that. If it was rather than like 50 blocks of different wines, it could have been one block of wine. If I clicked on that and drilled down to, and I could select a type of wine that would have made a world of difference in the experience. Instead, I felt like they were just trying to money grab. It's not okay. No, it's not okay. All right. We're up to number five, just the pre-arrival just so critical again please don't miss out on this in general yeah and you can send multiple of these and again it could be incorporated with some of this other stuff right there's not just again the rules of engagement are fundamentally different once they've booked so you can send multiple pre-arrivals with different messaging for some of our clients we send a dedicated pre-arrival just promoting the mobile app for example just saying hey we have a mobile app. Here's the benefits that it provides. Here's the convenience it provides. It costs you nothing. There's a lot of value. Go ahead and download it. So you can have multiple pre-arrivals, but they should all be one, to your point earlier, Phil, celebrating the excitement and, and building the anticipation, but two should be setting expectations and helping the guest prime the guest to have a better experience when they actually do get there. showing them your top picks of restaurants or attractions nearby that stuff can yeah. be can be great again get them excited about their stay and yeah. i would reiterate what was in the confirmation message if there was more informational things again check in check out parking those types of logistical things can't hurt to send it again yeah the, the, go again go through the exercise of frequently asked questions they might be different at this point in the journey, you know, once they just purchased, their questions might be different than when they're just about to and check I, in. I know you mentioned, you know, check with your staff. Also check your frequently asked questions in your Google listing. People ask random stuff all the time, but um, and this that could be a, a great source for source of information for your pre-arrival email. Yeah, so I, everyone should be sending at least one pre-arrival message. But then leading to the next one, we should also probably be sending a day of pre-arrival message. Which is number like six, 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 six. Which, you know, to, to me, this one, um, not many people do this, but I think it's a, it's a huge opportunity, right? Be, especially if you're in a drive destination, there's probably someone driving and someone on their phone or that, that you can communicate with. And when, especially if it's a family trip, 
one of the most frustrating things is the check-in process and that can make or break the stay so if you one in the day off pre-arrival stay stuff like we're excited to help you here's the manager on duty here's their contact information if you have any problems please reach out to us do all that stuff but you can also say we want to make it as convenient as possible how about you pre-check in with this information give us all the information we'd usually request on a registration card now and we'll have that on file we'll have your keys ready so that when you check in maybe i even have an express check-in line or something for you because you took the time to do this stuff so there's a really good opportunity with this day of pre-arrival to really set the tone for the entire stay this is this is the one where i also want someone to create a podcast or at least some audio episodes and shoot it out in an email and see if it works we're gonna do it man we we we're gonna pick one of our clients and we'll just do it gratis we'll go record like a i don't know it's probably a five or six episode kind of podcast which is just what to expect after you've booked what you know before after pre-stay during the stay like just four or five different episodes no, of, all the stuff we so. would cover in a pre-arrival and yeah, yeah. short little audio, doing audio easy to digest so people drive in or flying can listen to that and, and start getting excited about their stay and ultimately enjoy their stay more because they're better prepared mm-hmm. yeah for sure all right number seven i think that out of all of these this is maybe the most surprising one on the list that maybe people don't really think about that much. So number seven is a during the stay satisfaction survey, mm-hmm. which I don't know if people necessarily think about. Not many people do it, right? And again, should that be email? Should it be text? Should it be push? I think that's one that you're probably more going to get more interaction with if it's text message right. or push. But the one, the folks that I know that do it, it, it has a tremendous impact. Not only do people appreciate it and you can send multiple it doesn't just have to be one per stay it could be right after you know two three hours after they checked in hey was your room okay you know were this were the staff friendly is there anything right. i can help you with but it can also if it's a seven night stay it could be towards the end or in the middle because you you one have an opportunity to fix things before they become an issue or if something is an issue, you have an opportunity to intervene before it goes onto social media or onto reviews. So if, if you're in the hospitality business, you should care deeply about how the guest experience is. And what better time to find that out is than during the actual experience so you can have a positive impact on that if there is a problem. And would you say, like, say one of the questions you'd ask is, was the staff friendly? If you get a no on that, that person's likely still working. Yeah. You can go have a chat with them. Yeah. Find out why. And then pick up the phone and talk to the guest while they're there and say, hey, I'm I'm sorry I'm interrupting your vacation, but, you know, you indicated that the staff weren't friendly. I'd like to learn more about that so we can deal with the situation. And then go coach, you know. Just because someone had a bad experience with a, a with a team member doesn't mean that team member sucks it just might be a teachable moment for you to put your arm on their shoulder and say hey bob this is the feedback from the guest and or your your front desk person might be having a really bad day yeah. and you need to go give them a little booster yeah or, or remind them to yeah. leave their baggage at the door yeah you know everyone needs coaching occasionally so being able to adapt in real time i think is is critical and being able to get real-time feedback from the guests is critical. So this is one that I, I don't see many clients of ours or properties in general doing, but I think it's a massive opportunity to improve guest satisfaction. And like Pete, uh, Phil said at the beginning in the news 
if you can improve satisfaction, you improve review scores, you can demand a higher ADR. Number eight. eight, 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 eight. The pre-check. Uh, how do you have this? Pre-checkout upsell? Yeah, the pre-checkout upsell. So there's a lot of hyphens in that statement. I'm ch changing that. <laughs> <laughs> so prior to leaving, right? And again, this is contextual based on if it's a one-night stay, you're probably not going to send this, right? But if it's a seven-night stay or five-night stay, you might want to say, okay, I've got inventory. Check the PMS automatically. Have your CRM, if it's sophisticated like the fuel AI-powered CRM is, it can actually look at the PMS inventory and make a determination as to whether or not it's going to send this based on the length of stay and, and whatnot. And, and the satisfaction surveys. If someone's having a garbage time, you might not want to send these, right? Uh, but... Say it's a seven-night stay, everyone's having a good time, and you have inventory the next day. Hey, two nights before they leave, a night before they leave. Hey, if you want to stay an extra night, it's only another 30 bucks or whatever or it is. You one can of discount our, that. Yeah? One of our um, oceanfront expensive rooms just opened up. Would you like to upgrade for $20 Yeah, you could upgrade mid-stay like if you wanted to. Or this could be an opportunity to offer, um, and we do this through our um, push notifications through our mobile app product, um, the Fuel Mobile App and Digital Key, we send push notifications saying late checkout tomorrow, you know, the night before they, they leave, it's only 25 bucks or whatever it is, and you can have an extra two or three, four hours. Again, make sure the pricing of that is in line with expectations, but it's a way to drive incremental revenue on inventory that probably wasn't going to get sold. That So that can be win-win and can enhance the experience of the guest as well and build a deeper relationship. All right. And Number and also, sorry, as well as in that upsell, it could be your last chance to get information back from the guest. So you could ask a simple question like, would you stay with us again in that message? And if they say no, reach out real time and try to find out why. Mm -hmm. Just try to see if you can make amends right then versus waiting till they've left and there's nothing you can do about it. Sorry, now you can go on. Number nine, 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 nine. is the post stay thank you and possible survey. I think this one's super important, especially when we were just talking about how you can get reviews. Um, maybe maybe don't jump into asking a bunch of questions. Maybe a simple one. I like your list that you have here. What should we keep doing? What should we stop doing? What could we have done to improve your stay? super simple yeah don't don't be people i think have gotten too much into the trap of these rate us one to ten on cleanliness staff friendliness blah 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 and then they incentivize the staff on those scores but you're not really getting valuable insight from that right it's a, it's a metric and you can see trends but it doesn't help you fix problems so when you ask questions like what do, what can we should we keep doing what should we stop doing and what could we do next time to improve the stay you're getting insight from guests right from their mouths, which is how am I going to improve the product next time? And you're showing them a level of actually caring about their experience versus only caring about your metrics. So I, I think that's way, way more valuable. And you, some people don't even ask that. Like I like folks that use the Flip2 um, platform. That's flip.to. People that use that, not Frito. People that use that platform the first question they often ask is would you stay with us again or would you recommend this to a friend 
because that's kind of like that net promoter score thing. Right. It's like a simple metric of am I doing enough well, it's, or not? It's a yes or a no. Yeah. And you can send them down a proper path after right. that. Right. That's, yeah. that's the it's most valuable It's a tree of part. triggers based on yes or no. If it's a no, then you ask different questions, qualifying questions, and try to try to fix the problem. If it's a yes, then you might, in the case, case of flip to, they'll ask for what was your highlight of the stay? Can you submit a photo? Give me a story or a quote. You can start really engaging, and that that content we'll touch on that in a little bit. But that content is killer marketing material. If you can get people that did have a good stay, do want to recommend you to a friend, to provide you with the the why that was, and then using that once you've collected it to encourage them to go on to share it. And if you said you were going to recommend it to a friend, well, go ahead and do it. And here's an easy way to do it. So yeah. I think that that survey stuff or is really important. Push them towards your. Google, TripAdvisor, or if you have a review platform on your website, definitely get those reviews yeah. there. And the, the more you ask, the more likely they are to do it. People will genuinely want to leave a review if they had a good experience and they have a good relationship with you. you well, know? People, so tell them why that's valuable to you and make it easy for them by giving links directly to the places where they can leave the review. We know people are more likely to leave a bad review than a good review, so those people who had a positive experience, you really need to give them that extra little push to get Yeah, you got to nudge them, encourage them to do it. And, and there's no harm in doing that, right? The worst is that they continue to not leave a review. There's no one in the world that was, say, I'm intending to leave your review, but now you ask me, I'm not going to do it, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> or I had a great time, and then you asked me to leave a review, and, and now, now I think less my, of you. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to give you a one-star review. Yeah. So you know what's funny that I think about ratings... If, if we're going on a scale of one to ten or one to five or whatever, if you you'll read through some TripAdvisor reviews and it'll be like three stars, but you read the review and there's nothing negative right. in the words. So even though the star rating or the scale is supposed to be objective, it's, it's not. not. Yeah, everyone has a bias. Like I'm someone that won't leave a five star review with certain categories of things. Like if I'm trying to provide constructive feedback like for example you guys when i do your reviews right i never give you top marks because i always say there's room for improvement i'll always deduct one point like you're never at the top even though you're both great thanks you know <laughs> but some people are like that right they're, they're like you're good but there's always an opportunity to well, i do that i do that on my untapped beer app and i just yeah. realized that a lot of people do not rate stuff like me like if yeah. i somewhat liked it it's probably going to get a three yeah where i know if someone somewhat liked it they're probably going to give it a one or a two yeah like i i just rate things differently yeah. than others i figured that one out through the beer app yeah i'm my ratings on untapped literally i don't think i've ever done anything lower than a three or above a 4.5 right yeah. I, i'm, I'm kind of like you i have yeah. like maybe two fives on my list and yeah. then it's yeah, yeah. anywhere in between that and a three yeah so yeah, it, it is very subjective, but th that's why you don't gain insight from it. Going back to what we were talking about with the, the other surveys, it's you've got to get insight from the feedback, and you can't do that with a number when you don't understand what that number means. Right. Yeah. Agreed. All right. We are on to number 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 which 10, 10. is the post-stay resale. This is Ooh. one that could again be incorporated with that previous one, but I don't. You don't want to clutter up the yeah. message with too many things, and you're still in that honeymoon period where you've had this transaction, and the expectations, the rules of engagement are still a little bit different. So you can trigger a few post-stay messages and get some engagement as long as the messaging, the subject lines, or whatnot 
are effective. So this is the after your Tinder date requesting the second. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't use Tinder. So. Neither do I. Uh, uh, but no, this is... I, this is again going similar to the reviews asking people for reviews right what's the worst case someone no one's gonna say well i'm never staying with you again because you asked me to stay with you again so what's the harm and this is one and and we'll talk about this in the pro tips in, in a second but this is one where you really should differentiate the type of guest right because the sell the resell should be different messaging based on what the source of the booking was. So for example, if someone booked through an OTA, the message for the resale should be why to book direct next time. You know, because mm-hmm. our good friend of the show, Tim Peter, who has an amazing podcast, um, Things Out Loud with Tim Peter, he always says that if someone books with you for the first time through an OTA, great. But if they book with you a second time through an OTA, then you're doing something wrong. And I agree with that 100%. Absolutely. You've got to work hard when they're on property, if they're an OTA guest, to educate them at check-in on why booking direct matters, what incentives you've devised to give them if they book direct, and ask them for contact information that's not the booking.com email address right. that you well, get. Right? Not only through front desk and check-in, through all these triggered messages we're talking about, yeah. you can promote booking direct you know maybe not right after they book through an ota but something like this this post day is when yeah, you I tell don't, them yeah exactly after yeah. the train you don't want to try to make them feel bad about their first day, right, right right so you don't want to be putting that messaging in front of them in the pre-arrival and the confirmation and stuff but you do want to be communicating with them slightly different than a direct guest throughout all of these but after the stay is when you start saying all right next time i'm getting them to book direct and you might even not only do you want to say here are the reasons to book direct and why it matters you might even want to sweeten that pot a little bit this i'm not a big fan of offering discounts for the sake of discounts but this is one where financially it makes sense because if you give them something that says lowest rate guaranteed you will never book an ota cheaper than you can on our own website but if you the next time you stay because i appreciate you book direct you you specifically will get this coupon code which is personalized to you maybe it's like phil 2019 or something mm-hmm. right really personal you get five percent off or you get ten percent off or whatever it is or free breakfast but or this whatever is you have limited offer. time offer you know this expires right. in whenever you might get them back but and i also think you can you can be smart about these resell emails right so if it's not even if it's not an ota guest you might want to say okay well this is a someone that's traveled for a specific event or a ball game or something like that and that thing is going to happen again so i'm going to say here's the search results automatically in the rates for the same room you picked the same dates you picked or similar dates for the same kind of event so make it frictionless to come back and book again we'll also be smart about this this kind of goes back to our segmentation podcast we had before um create segments of people who traveled for said event if it's a ball game say you're you know near a stadium or whatever you don't know when they're that away team is going to be playing your team next year yep. yet yeah but if you create that segment hey padres fans jumping you're jumping ahead how oh, did i jump ahead yeah a little bit oh, i'm sorry i'll okay. wait just pretend like everyone rewind the podcast 30 <laughs> seconds and I'm pretend sorry. that didn't happen. <laughs> all right, so those are those are all the transactional related, so the stay related 
uh, messages, right? So let, now let's jump on to what you're talking about and that, what you're saying is, is one of these. So these are more just generic triggered messages to anyone, whether they've stayed with you before in some cases or in some cases they haven't. You know, just I'm a believer and I'm pushing all my clients to get away from this spray and pray mentality of sending messages 12 times a year or 24 times a year, right? So think about this. I, I might touch an individual 24 times a year if I'm sending every other week, but are they really, you know, if my open rate's only 20%, that averages out, that, that person might only read one or two of those messages a year, right? So it's better for me and better for the guest if I trigger based, instead of on demographics, if I trigger messages based on behavior that I, I, I observe. So one, you need an, a CRM platform <clears throat> like the Fuel CRM that... <laughs> is sophisticated enough to monitor not just email interactions, but also website behavior. So we can see when someone comes back to the website, can see what they're doing on the website, what content they're looking at, what email, um, what searches they're making, things like that. You need that. But you also need to be smart and think through, okay, what kind of triggers should I set up? And if someone is receiving these triggers, make sure you omit them from any generic messages that are going out because I guarantee you if you send me a timely message based on my behavior that's contextual and personalized I'm a lot more likely to open that than the generic summer spring getaway you know generic thing that goes to 50,000 email addresses so so that that's this next five or in that kind of category so what's the first one first one is a website visit so basically someone's not being in your trigger funnel for a while but all of a sudden you recognize that they've you you've collected their email or phone at some point in the past they've been dormant for a while now they just visited your website that me that tells you something very critical right it tells you that they're actively in the shopping process again again right so or or for the first time right they might have last year just you collected their email from a pop-up and they never stayed mm. right you might have lost them or they might have given you an email 30 days ago and then gone dormant and come back and now they're ready to book right so again this is this is a signal based on behavior that the rules of engagement are ready to change so you can start really hammering them a little harder rather than waiting for the arbitrary two-week email that you were going to send to people and and that message should be taking into account who it is, what they've done in the past, what you know about them. You should also look at what they're doing this time because that might be different. And that's where one of the one of the problems with demographic targeting is, right? If if you stayed with my property on a business trip on your own and I tag tag you as a business traveler for two night weekday stays during this event, but now you just came back to my website and guess what? You're searching for two adults and two kids for five nights over a weekend my demographic information does not match your intent your behavior right now so you absolutely need to take these behavioral cues and use that to to create your marketing strategy so in this case if you come back i can start tailoring messages to you and if you're using a really really sophisticated crm that uses ai machine learning <clears throat> the fuel crm <laughs> then what you can also do is is look at patterns of behavior in the past. And when you recognize that someone's intent is they want to stay on a family vacation, then the system will automatically, through machine learning, know what kind of content it is that's going to improve your chances of booking and nudge you through the funnel. So you can, in that message, to say, 
hey, and it doesn't have to be creepy. Hey, I just saw you came back to my website. It could look coincidental, you know, but it, it could be personalized to the point of here's content that people like you read and liked, right? And it could be the top five reasons or for top five family things to do in wherever it is, right? So you can get really creative with this, but you got to really think it through because there are some pitfalls in that. And you need a good product, a good CRM to, to help some of this come to fruition. <clears throat> Feel CRM. <laughs> All right, next one. Number 12 is cart abandonment. Abandonment. That's a hard word to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is one that I feel like more and more people are doing. It's something that's being proven again and again in the retail space. Uh, not everyone's doing it well. Not everyone's doing it right. But it's something that everyone should be should be doing. So this is more than just the someone came back to my website. This is someone's gotten into the funnel. They've searched for rates, searched for maybe selected a room. Make it easy for them. Remind them to come back and finish the booking. To me, this is the person that got all the way to the end, didn't finally make the purchase, likely because they had to run it by a spouse, uh, whoever they're traveling with, mm-hmm. something along those lines. There, there is a reason they didn't finish the process at that point, and this is they were ready to. So yeah. you have to get them. And it back. doesn't mean that you've lost them. Not no. at all. If you don't, if you ignore them, you probably, you probably will. You'll will. probably lose them to yes. indecision competition or an OTA third party booking right so this is your opportunity to this is a last ditch effort try to understand what it is that could cause someone to to abandon at this point it could be as simple as they're on mobile and they're distracted mm-hmm. because Facebook just popped up or they just had to pick Johnny up from soccer and practice, got a text right? on their phone yeah because as we get more and more used to using mobile to do our travel research a mobile phones are terrible as distraction devices, mm-hmm. right? So this is why we always talk about on mobile how you've got to get people through the funnel quicker because sometimes they're going to get distracted. So you've got to close the transaction before they do. But in the case they do get distracted or in the case that they are considering your competition or that they are shopping rates on the OTAs, try to get them back into your funnel, try to get you top of mind by triggering. And it doesn't have to be one. This is another opportunity to send multiple messages at different times with different urgency you know, and, and try to use psychology to push them over the edge. And that one, you make it frictionless by saying, here's the exact room dates that you were selecting, finish the reservation, click, and it jumps them deep into the booking With process. The so they don't have to finish, they don't have to re enter anything. But yeah, you sell the benefits. benefits why book, book direct? direct. There you go. Yeah, why book direct? Oh, and you can also use like psychology and say, we, we're inventory is low up. we're filling up fast don't miss out you know so there's a lot of things you can do with this shopping cart abandonment but it, you have to have one of those um, or multiple of those all right number 13, 13, 13 lucky 13, 13, number 13, 13. birthdays the birthday message i get i get so many of these and i know i think it was pete that had a had an issue with the birthday message but I always check my email around my birthday to see what people are giving me. Pete murders bees. His his opinion doesn't count. Yeah, we can talk about him. He's not here. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? Face too, I, on average, one twelfth of all your email database is having a birthday this month, right? So, if, on average, that's correct. So, if if you're sending <laughs> one message a month, one just generic special email a month, that means over ten, well, one twelfth, just less than ten percent of your database 
you have the opportunity to dramatically increase the open rate and click-through rate of that message. If you just happen to know their birthday, right? You're circling all the way back to the beginning where we said ask for more information, ask for their birthday. Because if I get a generic message from generic hotel that says summer, spring, getaway, 5% off or whatever it is, 20% off, I'm probably not going to respond to that unless I'm in the buying cycle. But if I get a message that says, happy birthday, Stuart, special gift for you enclosed, I'm probably going to open that. Get away for your birthday. We got your deal. Exactly. Special birthday getaway for you and your family, whatever. Here's 20% just for you. Again, expires after a certain amount of time. But you're going to drive more engagement with that kind of a message. Because people are primed to open birthday messages. We all do. And it might inspire a trip. That your generic email wouldn't have been should we, should we start asking for spouse's birthday too so we know we can send you a <laughs> yeah. message to bring your spouse and your away. wedding anniversary yeah. and your yeah let's you know, <laughs> so. get all yeah. no don't do that i'm just joking i would add just one word of caution when it comes to collecting things like that don't ask for a full date no don't ask for don't, a year don't ask for the age just do the month month, just day. Do the month day and even i mean if you're not gonna have the offer expire within two days or three days of their actual birthday just collect a month you know if you're gonna send out one email yeah when i go to the atm in april i get all the like wells fargo happy birthday oh sh-. i just hit the microphone i get they get all excited and all like fireworks on the screen and everything so thanks, wow. wells. i thanks, haven't wells seen fargo. that i have not seen that that's pretty fun but your birthday's a special you should be treated special you should be made to feel special by the property and again this is all about building relationships and that's a good way to do it making people feel special i'm sorry if i burst your eardrums by smacking the microphone <laughs> it's okay all right what's next 14 14 14 14 event notification okay, so this is what you were talking about earlier right phil so this is um if if you know like like the example i was using a sporting event um, someone traveled to see, you know, their ho- t- home team in an away location. Find out when, or you know, make a make a list of okay, these people came to see Padres game against Orioles, whatever. I don't know. And then next You're time, talking about figure skating. No, this is this is baseball. <laughs> this is standing around in a field. Okay. <laughs> so if know you know teams. if you know people came for for a certain game then when you know that they're scheduled to come back in the next season, go ahead and send that message back out. Hey, you know, we know your team's in town. Come come stay with us again. Yeah, maybe give them an early bird discount. Get book, you know, booking early, something like that. Or or a concert. Okay, you know, concerts don't always happen the same weekend every year when, right. when a band comes to town. If you know they, they came for this spe- specific event, right. and you, hey, they're like back in Beach, town. you have the Carolina Music Fest. Right. Or, country music festival every year it changes dates but you know who's coming to stay for that mm-hmm. you know so and, and I, I think in those messages too you can get kind of cute and personalized in terms of the content and the tone so say comic there's a comic-con in your town and people are coming to stay for that you know maybe you show photos in the message of people in cosplay maybe you put in some star wars puns and you know you you can kind of become one of them by showing that you understand the culture or the, whatever it is all right and the last one but not least 15, 15, 15, 15, 15. Anniversary of the booking. This is so important. This is huge for um, especially summer vacation destinations. Yeah, if you're, you're the kind of destination where people come each and every year to your destination and you wanted to book with you, start centering. And this this is not an 
often people when I say anniversary emails, they think it's the wedding anniversary. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the anniversary of the date that they booked the previous year. So about 30 days prior to that, start sending them a, a series of messages. But primarily, the communication should be, hey, we know you stayed with us last year. We really appreciate that. We'd love to have the opportunity to host you again. And if you were collecting like flip to messaging and photos and stuff, show them the reviews and the feedback that they left you and remind them of the great memories that they created. And then say, we'd love to have you back. Here's a quick link to book the exact same dates or you know, you can shift the dates if it's a Monday through mm-hmm. Saturday or whatever the booking was. But be intelligent about how you do that. But you can your CRM can be dynamic and put in the appropriate dates, pre-selecting the same room type, the same number of people, and just make it easy for them. Could you could you leverage this type of list when you have a say like a Black Friday sale? Yeah. And hey, we have a big special coming up. We know you for booked sure. in July. Why don't you book your vacation now? Yeah, book early and save. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think anytime you can personalize it, show them that you are paying attention, make it easier for them to to make a decision. I think you're going to see an uplift. And this anniversary email, we do it for a lot of clients and it gets a lot of play. And in what what for me what's really valuable about it is it short circuits the the typical research so it eliminates the risk of them going out and going to google and going to otas and going to TripAdvisor and seeing competitors or seeing ota rates and and choosing to book somewhere else other than your own website so i really like this one it's one of my favorites smiling is my favorite but also (laughs) anniversary emails are my favorite my favorite are your pro tips but i don't want to read them out i think we should make them come to the site to see your pro tips Oh, that's brutal, man. There are some that that's we kind of touched on a couple of them, but uh, maybe so. Let's do that. If you want to get if you want to get the pro tips, because there are some on this. Those are the fifteen triggered emails you should be sending. If you want to get tips on making your triggered emails even better and things you can triggered messages should you sorry messages. Thank you for correcting me. Then uh, you should definitely check it out. Should we tease them with one of the pro tips? How about the first pro tip? You want to give them that? Fine. You sound reluctant, Melissa. No, I want to give this one because I think that there's a caveat to it. Okay. Melissa caveat. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Make the messages as personalized and human as possible. Yeah. So the tone of the messaging, and and we kind of touched on this at the very beginning, by putting, when you're asking for more information from the guest or the potential guest, Putting the photo and the name and the contact information and a bio of the GM or manager on duty or whatever it is, that that starts to build a human relationship. And every message you you send to these people should have that kind of feel. The tone should be conversational. You should make them see the real people that they're going to be interacting with as much as possible. It really has an impact on on communication. That without it, it can be really kind of sterile and cold, and you know, look as if it's to serve you as the hotel and not to serve the guest. So here's my caveat. Yeah. Done well, this is amazing. Yeah. If you're not careful and you're not testing and proofing and continually testing and proofing these messages, it can go very badly. So dear empty space mm-hmm. instead yeah. of your first name yeah. or some random who knows what else is yeah. randomly filling in there. You're kind of tipping the hat there. That's a, that's a subtle hint towards one of the other pro tips there that we won't get into, but... 
you're, you're touching on another pro tip there. There are four or five pro tips that you should go check out. You can do so fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 119. We'll have the show notes there with a link to the, the blog, which has all these pro tips. And we'll actually put the pro tips on the show notes as well to make it nice and easy and frictionless and convenient for you. So there, messaging is important. Relationships are important. And these are 15 messages that you should be sending right now to all your guests. And when you do that, you don't have to hit them up with these massive spray and pray email blasts every single week. And you'll build better, deeper, more long-lasting, loyal relationships that make you more money. So if there's a message that you send out that we didn't touch on today or an idea you have for a message that we you want to recommend that we try, we'd love to hear your feedback on that. You can email us info at fueltravel.com and give us any kind of feedback you have speaking of which melissa i think we had some feedback since our last episode we have had lots of feedback our first little bit of feedback comes from lucas and he says great podcast about otas kind regards he's a general manager in the uk Thanks, Lucas. We appreciate that very much. <laughs> I like that you didn't try to pronounce Lucas's last name. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> All right, um, what else? Don't we have another? We do. I, think- I want to read this. You want to read this one? I wonder why. This is a review for, on the Apple podcast. It app. says, essential for smaller businesses whoa, and whoa, rural whoa, back properties. Up. How many stars did they give us? Five. Five out of, out of how many? Five. Wow. That's 100%. Perfect. Yeah. So what was the review? This team keeps my team on track with the latest tools and trends. So grateful for their insight and validation at our two independent Yosemite lodges. Phil is my favorite. Smiley face. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Terry time 50. You're my favorite listener now. You were not allowed favorite (laughs) listeners. I I just said it. (laughs) Who is that from? Terry time 50. Thank you, Terry time 50 for the five star review. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And you know, you. Phil, I think there was, that was a bit tongue in cheek because there was a funny emoji after they said that, right? Because the previous um, reviewer had said that Melissa, Pete, and Stuart were the favorite and completely yeah, left, left me out. But I, what wanna, you, I wasn't bitter, but what, I'm really excited about What you don't know this. is in the, the next, when the episode, when we read that out and you weren't on the show, we told everyone to leave reviews that omitted you. So Terry Time 50 is being really nice to you. So we appreciate it. Virtual high five to you. There we go. And one more? One more uh, is from John, who says, Hi, guys. Just found you 117 episodes later. Frowny face. It's a little like Breaking Bad. I can't go back that many episodes. (laughs) We are hotel representatives. Do you have a top 10 you'd recommend? Yeah. So we... we, I've had some correspondence back and forward with this guy. He's really funny. He's kind of made... um, some jokes about back to the future and some other stuff firstly you should go back and watch breaking bad because it's amazing slumps a little bit in the middle but by the time Fantastic it's all done it's, it's so good really good but two i did send um some episodes that we published recently i think anyone that's just tuning in for the first time uh, you can probably skip the first 30 or so episodes just because the sound quality wasn't as good you know we, we were kind of finding our feet but really I would say go to our website, fueltravel.com slash podcast and look through the list, 
that's there and pick and choose the ones that that resonate with you honestly there's value in every single episode so there's this it's hard for me to say don't listen to these episodes but especially the star wars episode and when your call center sounds like uh what do we call it uh, oh that one was just funny when your website when your, when website, your, your call center acts like your website yes, yeah yes um so we those were two of my favorites to record for sure. I don't know if they're necessarily the most valuable, but, but I think that definitely everybody should listen to them. entertainment. So I, I sent out him a list and I will put that on the show notes as well. The ones that I should, I would recommend. And if there's a particular subject that you're interested in, our website has a handy dandy search at the very top, right? And you can just put in a keyword. So like SEO or OTA or whatever it is you can put in. Or Frito apparently. Yeah. You can put in Frito because some people are doing that. You can put in a keyword and it will show you any blogs and any podcast episodes that we publish that have that in, in them. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of resources. And I, I would say this someone recently wrote us an email talking about how they listened. They found us and went back and listened to all 117 Backwards. in reverse chronological oh, order. God. And how funny it was because listening to some of our sayings that have cropped up, the memes within the show... Finally, and, and get finding it. where the origin was, and he said he made a joke about how the bees were resurrected, and it was, <laughs> so it's funny. So, however you want to listen to us, is it up to you? We just appreciate that you do listen, and if you have feedback that you want us to read out on the show, or if you would please, please, please leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, and failing all of that stuff, then the one thing you can do, which doesn't take any time out of your day is just recommend us to a friend. If there's a colleague, someone that you know that's in the hospitality industry that you feel like would benefit from listening to this show, then please, please spread the love because we get um, a lot of satisfaction from seeing the numbers each and every week increase in terms of the number of people that are listening to this show. So it makes us feel nice and warm and fuzzy and keeps us motivated to do more and more amazing content. So, Melissa, if someone wants to get in contact with you on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever it might be, and then sell you on doing a, a demo of their software, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, but I'm not going to give you that because I don't know what my username is there. But Just you search can... for Melissa Caveat. Yes. <laughs> and uh, But where you can find me is on Twitter at M A Kavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And Phil. You can find me on Twitter at P Fariska, P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A. You can find me on Twitter at Stuart Butler. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. And then again, you can always email us, good old-fashioned way, info at fueltravel.com. Again, the notes to this week's show are fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 119. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. made me giggle.